Hello, my name is Morgan Gray, and welcome back to the Afrocentric Podcast. Party people in the house. Fresh dress. Fresh, fresh dress. Fresh, fresh dress. Fresh, fresh dress. Fresh, fresh dress. Like a million bucks. I was looking, feeling like a million bucks. Cause I was fresh dress. Fresh, fresh dress. See, I was in that club. I had the two long tuck, but I was fresh dress. Look at me. I tip on the scene. Nobody act black and then go home and be white. I got two pistols and a pit bull. Me. That's all I need. It only takes a little bit of white brainwash to activate the cool chip in the average Negro. You think Harriet Tubman was walking around with a fucking nice shiny fucking dress on with a fucking crown on her head when she was taking slaves to freedom? And a lot of white folk have demonstrated eloquently that they don't have no sense. And we are back with the Afrocentric Podcast. The title of this episode is called Barbershop Talks. And I I have my childhood friend, a lone soldier in the army. My God. I just want to welcome Isaiah Thompson to the Afrocentric Podcast. Cutie applause, cutie applause. Head ass. <laughs> um, today we're going to be talking about the history and the importance of black barbershops, especially as like a black social place for black men. We're also going to be talking about mental health, self-care for men, as well as like community wellness for black men as a whole. So, I'm really excited. Um, we're going to be touching the topic of the future barbershop. And for those who don't know, Isaiah is a barber. You have a degree. What did you get your degree in? So I got a degree in kinesiology. That's lit. And then you went and got your trade. Yes, ma'am. Big money, big money. You know, Should have been, been doing this for real, for real. But. And, you know, I just feel like you have a lot of wisdom to impart on a lot of black men. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take the time out to talk about the importance of the barbershop and the importance of physique, mental wellness. I'm excited. You got to give it up to them. You got to give it up to Martin Luther King, Jesse Jackson, and you got to give it up to Rosa Parks, period. Okay, okay. Because they was deep, and they was on the front line in the 60s. Okay. Who the hell is Rosa Parks? Who's Rosa Parks? She's only the founder of the modern civil rights movement. Why? What? Because she set her ass down on the bus? Come on, Eddie, you know who Rosa Parks is. Man, she was tired. That's what you do when you tie you. Sit your ass down. I sat down on the bus, and I got thrown in jail. Ain't hear from nobody in a whole week. Laptops. 
a new game to my podcast and I didn't tell you about it. I'm excited. What, what happened to no no ambush? I'm full of shit. Come on. <laughs> so the name of this game is called Fight Mary Kill African American Edition. Okay, so this game is a twist on the classic game Fuck Mary Kill and I'm gonna present you with a list of African American household names and you gotta make a choice between them whether you're gonna fight them you gonna marry them or you gonna kill them, okay? And we okay. These people you know. Okay. Alright, so fight Mary Kill, Doja Cat, Quella Ray, Mary J. Blige. Fight Mary Kill. Uh-huh. Alright. I was gonna say fight Doja Cat, but she cut her hair off, so I ain't gonna fight her. She might be my head. Real? I'm yeah, gonna have to, I'm gonna have to kill those cats. That's real. That's what I would do in my free time. I'm gonna have to, yeah, I'm gonna have to 
had an album. For real, for real. I fight Paula Ray. Why you fight that little bitch? I mean, that big, the big, <laughs> sturdy woman. Well, I, cause I, I mean, I can't fight Barry. Why not? I'm fine. Come on, now that's. No, I know a lot of niggas that have knocked that old bitch off her feet. Is this a PG rated? No, it's not. Well, I'm gonna keep my to myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got the man. I got the man. That's nice. She's gonna take care oh, of you. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Oh, she done been through so much. She, yeah. gonna, she gonna ride. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a real one. Okay, I got another one for you. Okay. Fight Mary Kill, Little Kim, <laughs> Trina. Trina. Damn. Missy Elliott. <laughs> Fight now, I don't want to fight now. <laughs> um, all right, so I probably damn. I'm sorry, Missy. I'm gonna have to kill you, Missy. Why you killing Missy? That's a big, beautiful bone woman. She is succulent. You suck that bitch off the bone. <laughs> she know how to work the mic. She know how to do. You're right. Uh, hey. That's you know, all I'm saying. Who? Kim. We're going to get back to Kim. So, um, I'm off Missy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fight Trina. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't want to. I'm going to have to fight her. I, I think I'd knock little Kim off her feet. Thanks, so? Uh-huh. You just knock a little silicone off that. A, there you go. Stop. You, you stop. I'll probably... I'll, I'll marry... No, nah, I'll take that back. I'll fight little Kim. Uh-huh. And I'm going to marry Trina. You know, yeah. Yeah, this... Good decisions. I love that for you. I can't marry Missy because I don't know if Missy like men or women. I also don't know if Trina like men or women. I think she like both. Yeah, but Missy. Got kids, I don't know. I ain't never oh, seen Missy. Know. I mean, Trina doing anything children related. Right. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> and you know, she look like she been eating good. She been down there with Trick. He been feeding her Trick real good. Real. And I love I mean, that. I need to go you see this show? Bitch, I am in my pots. Oh, he got a good guitar on YouTube. He a fool. Yes, he is hilarious. Well, I just want to thank you so much for playing my game. Of course, of course. Yes. That was fun. I, I ain't know what you were finna do, but that was, that was cool. Thank you. How have barbershops evolved over time, and what role have they played within the black community? All right, so... A little bit of history. I learned this in barber school. Um, barbers used to be a part of the medical field. So there used to be a profession called um, a barber doctor, a doctor barber. Maybe that's what it was. But you know the, the barber pole? You know how they got the colors? Mm-hmm. So, you know? Yes, the okay. red and the white and the blue. Now, I don't I don't know where the blue came from. But I know the red came from... Um, like I said, it was part of the, the medical profession, and you would go to the barber to get your blood drained. This is way before we had modern science, before we know anything. So when you were sick, they drain your blood because they think you got bad blood. You get rid of the bad blood, you know, you'd be healthy. Yeah, so woo. <laughs> and so they would use... stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and so they would use the, the gauze or whatever to suck up the blood. And then they wrap it around a pole for it to dry, and so that's where the red and the white came from. This had to have been during the Middle Ages. This is, yeah, middle, like, 
like I said, we were done. We were still dumping our shit in the streets. Like, yeah, that was middle age. Long, mm-hmm. long time ago. And um, I don't know where the blue came from, though. I it's, can't remember. It's okay. We learned about it, but I, I can't remember. It's okay. Your teacher be proud of you. Oh, yeah. he gonna, I'm going to send him the link, too. I, my bad. I called him last night um, and told him about what was going on. But So you got that way in the Middle Ages. And then you fast forward a few hundred years. And you don't see this now, but you used to be able to go to the barbershop. And um, they'll have, like, little kids or something, like, cleaning your shoes. Like, you get a spit sign. Yes. Get a child, get your shoes clean at the same time. That's why the barber chairs are designed the way they are. You can flip them over. And they'll sign your shoes yeah, and shit. Just set your feet on there and, you know, it's a whole Motherfuckers night. still pimping like that. Yeah. Some some old school guys, you might can see it, but, like, more modern shops, you won't see that now. Um, that is such a uniquely black thing because it's so, like, that shit is so smooth. Like, the shit they be talking Every, and spitting. Everything about the black community is about the image. Yes. You know what I mean? That's why the barbershop is such a, you know, we, we pillars in the community, whether we want to be or not. But, but um... So, yeah, you had spit shine with shoes, and then certain stuff always carried over. So, like, a lot of times the people that would be shining the shoes would be kids just getting their hustle on, you know, making their little quarter or whatever. And people still doing that. People still getting their hustle on at the barbershop. Everybody coming through there trying to sell something. People trying to get donations because, you know, it's really the club, you know, depending on where you're going. It's just a big hangout spot. Always people there, always, you know, somebody want to spend some money to do something. I think that the black barbershop particularly is so interesting because it started off as slaves work. So like hmm. in the South, um, black barbers were only allowed to cut the white man's hair. Right. So, af- yeah. So like after emancipation, um, black barbers started building their own barbershops but it was only open to white men but during segregation it only it started to allow black men in and then it created that pillar that you're talking about now where um, the barbershop became like the essence of the black community black manhood yeah it's really dope and I think that's why conversations like these are so important because there are there are so many places within our community where it's all, it's a limited amount of safe places that we have where we yeah. can truly speak our minds, where we would not have to worry about the white man looking over your shoulder or questioning you because they're concerned about somebody rebelling or trying to act out and stuff like that. And it, it especially during like the 1950s, that's where people learned about politics and they talked about what was going on within the community and how they could grow and create social change. Yeah, so like that's probably where. Black Panthers probably used to hang out there, huh? Doing yes. little memes at the barbershop type shit. I don't know about the Black Panthers, but you can definitely think about like local groups, maybe no. like a local NAACP or but it's just the fact that you could go into the barbershop, especially like in the fifties, sixties and seventies, you could be in there with a black lawyer, a black doctor. And networking like a motherfucker and you never know who you could run into and that's the power of the black barbershop. From the cradle to the grave. Beautiful. The filmmakers of Barbershop set out to tell a story of a strong community of everyday people coming together to share news, laughter, and most of all, honest opinions. As with Calvin's Place, black barbershops have always served an important role within the black community. Before the Civil War and 10 or 15 years after, uh, black-owned barbershops were important money-making business ventures for black men, where they served the white elite. 
Once European immigrants and native whites entered the trade between 1870 and 1920, uh, black barbers were displaced into predominantly black neighborhoods and they began to serve predominantly black men. The barbershop allowed them a space where they could talk freely, where they can talk about radical politics, where they can talk about communism under the public gaze of white America. So they didn't have to worry about white men looking over their shoulder or monitoring their discourse because the barbershop was that closed, racialized space. Economically, they have been important because the vast majority of black entrepreneurs tend to be barbers and stylists. In fact, if an African-American is likely to own a business, it's likely to be a barbershop or a beauty salon. Now, socially, these places are really important and have been historically and will, I think, continue to be important because they provide a place outside of the school, outside of the church, where black people can come together and talk about issues that are important, that are sometimes frivolous, that are funny, but that always reassert the value of black life, of black beauty, um, of black communities. In today's society, the barbershop has evolved from just being a place for everyday talk. Nonprofit organizations like the Prostate Net are starting to use the barbershop as a platform for promoting health awareness. I was sitting in the movie watching the first barbershop movie, and I've been thinking, you know, how can we really get the message out here to men? So we said if we can take that dynamic that's there and take those barbers who are opinion leaders, opinion setters, and leaders of the community, and we get them to assume a new role, which is lay health motivator and communicator to their community, we can become more and more active in delivering credible information to people. Going to the barbershop to fight prostate cancer was formed to coincide with Cancer Awareness Month and the release of Barbershop 2. Once we have this network, of barbershops and medical centers, we can begin to start talking about a lot of issues. African Americans really value the institution that the black barbershop is. They value having the opportunity to engage with each other, to talk to one another in a space that really is owned by black people, controlled by black people. How do you think barbershops can be utilized as a space for mental health support and self-care for black men? Um, so that we can piggyback off what you just said. Um, like as a barber, we, we play many roles, right? We're going to come in, we're going to shoot the shit with your friend, with your barber. A lot of times we're the counselor. Do they really be in there pouring their heart out to y'all? This is real life. Still to this day. Every, man. Oh, yes, every day. Like, What's the craziest thing these niggas have said? I ain't had nothing too, too crazy yet. Most of my clientele be like college students, people my age. Mm-hmm. Um, People tell me about their women problems all the time. Like you hear that every day. Some they going through it with their wife, or some going on with the kids and shit like that. Um, but I mean, people will come sit in your chair and tell you stuff they won't tell. They humble. They mama. They spouse. They homeboys. They won't tell the preacher. You know what I mean? They it's a it's a place for comfort, man. You know. Um, I know a couple barbers that have talked some people out of suicide. I know a barber that um you know the what you, what's the, what's the Barbershop 3. Yeah. You know, the scene where the two gang leaders came in. And, and came together and resolved their issues. I know a guy, the director now at um, Custom Cuts Barber College in West Point. That's the school I went to. The director over there said he had a, a situation happen, like, literally just like that. And he had to defuse the whole thing. Like, That's nice. It takes a lot of people skills and a lot of patience. If it was me, I'd, when I saw GD and 10... And the blood in the back and the crib. When he walking in, I'd have been, 
I just eased my way out the back though. Why are you like that? Don't be like I that. I, he better than me. See, he grew up in that life. Oh. So he, I don't know nothing about that. Um, so I seen homeboy. I'm like, come from the rest of the bathroom real quick. Real? <laughs> real? And let them have their business. Self, <laughs> what is a self preservation? Somebody got to live to the store. That's real. You feel me? I, I, I like that. So we're talking about mental health and then self care. Like, do you feel like you're constantly like teaching black men how to like take care of their hygiene or their stuff? Like, it's, it's something that I need to do more of. Um, which is where, like, as a barber, if barbers, anybody listening, man, always be a sponge. Don't ever stop learning. Because these people come in your chair and they trust you. They trust you with information. They're asking you with their hair products. Hey, man, I got these bumps, you know, with the wood, wood. So always educate yourself. And when I started cutting hair, I realized how many people, well, how many men, black men, don't know how to take care of themselves, you know, with their hygiene. Okay, yes, that's what I want to talk about. Like, so... But yeah, like I, I need to do more of it. Um, but I'm, I'm still educating myself. So when I, when people ask certain questions, I can be specific with them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, people are always asking, you know, what, what I need to put in my hair, what make my hair curly, or what I need for my face, man. When I do this, it break out and. So So I definitely feel like the fact that a lot of black men don't know a lot about like self-care and mental wellness is a result of the patriarchy. Right. So um, because we have focused so much on black men being strong and masculine and all that, it kind of makes black men want to go against like doing anything for themselves. You know, like little stuff like not getting their nails, like mani pedis and stuff like I'm getting my first mani pedi tomorrow. Tomorrow my birthday. Um, oh, you know what I'm saying? Yes, as you should. You me, but. No, because I okay. As a, I worked at the Boys and Girls Club for three years, and I personally have worked with young boys who don't know that when you brushing your teeth, you can you supposed to brush your tongue, or boys don't know that you're supposed to clean inside of your mm-hmm. ear or behind, yeah, behind your ear. Yeah, that's a big one. And I know you probably see a lot of clogged ears. Yeah. As you, <laughs> and it's a good thing too, though, because I can. And you can be real intimate. You ain't got to embarrass them. You know, you can be like, hey, bro, look, you got something in your ear. You know, look, this is how you take care of it. This is how you treat it. I had one dude with some dreads. <laughs> and I kid you not, this man had a dead bug in his head. No, you lying. Who got it out? I did. <laughs> man, I was like, dog. I, but he looked like he just got off work. It looked like maybe he cut grass or something. So maybe that's how it happened. But if not, you know, we... We got to do better, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got to do like, better. Like, you know, I didn't know about conditioning until high school. But that's, that's something that's very minute because I really do feel like the same with white people when it comes to men. I feel like women kind of just throw boys into the bathroom and let them yeah, figure yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. And that's really scary. And that's also very nasty because niggas won't be prepared for the future. Exactly. So, to go more in depth with this, can you speak to the importance of, like, self-love and self-esteem in the black community and how barbers can really contribute to fostering these qualities? Well, that's almost self-explanatory, man. You know, like we just said, you know, black people, especially black men, your image is everything. How you look, it don't matter what you got going on. As long as you look like you got something going on. Motion, motion, motion. Look like you got that motion, you're going to be straight, but... Get to the bag, get to the bag, get to the bag. But, um, <clears throat> that's actually, that's a crazy question because now we got, like, these hair units and stuff and people that's got, like, alopecia and cancer. Like, man, seeing, like, even, like, just regular 
clients. Like, just you give him that mirror, that dude could be having a horrible ass day. You hand on that mirror, you give him that fresh air chop, his his face light up so, you know, so bright. You know what I mean? They always talk about how, like, for women, women can do makeup, women can put, uh, like, weave or braids in their oh, hair, yeah. and they can really improve themselves. But all men really do have is, like, a fresh a haircut. haircut. That's all we got. And niggas just have to walk around just bare face. A, a haircut and a beard trim. And look, they're killing us now because we put the enhancements on. And they killing us because we can't use the the got to be glue spray. To, they know, told me to talk to you about the hairspray and the white chalk because the women <laughs> the women want to hold y'all accountable for that shit. Because one of my exes he tried to make me spray paint his line on before a wedding and I got nervous and then the shit was dripping down the side of his oh, head. Okay. It was hot too. So look, we we gonna kill this myth about the the stuff. This ain't the Beijing that your your pops and them was using. This this is real. Real enhancements, this stuff really will, you know, change your image, but it's got to be applied correctly. Like you say, spray paint don't. Check his workout on Instagram, whoever the barber is. If it's blacker than the rest of his hair, his hair, then, you know, you may not want that. Some, a lot of people ask for that, though, believe it or not. Why they ask for that? Because that's what, like, these young kids. But I told you these men, well, I didn't. These men are bad bitches. There's some bad bitches, and every, I love that for them. Every, every day I see another way a nigga sassy. Every, every time Zesty. I get on, on Twitter. Man, what did I see? God, I, I hate I can't remember right now. <laughs> but it's just everything we do, we zesty and sassy. But the, the white talk, but it's like when y'all contour your eyebrows and shit, uh-huh. it's the same thing. I, don't con- I just be out here raw dog in life, you well, feel maybe, me? Maybe not you specifically. Specifically, but the rest of the bitches yeah. in the back. Just add a bit, another pop. Add a little sheen sheen to it, and I but love that. Next time, you know, your boyfriend, father, whoever, ask him if he if he want that. Because a lot of times, dude be like, you put it on there, you know, you apply the, the chalk or whatever, or the pencil, and then when you go through your steps and erase it, and it make it look like, you know, a blend, and it, and it gives it the contour, they look at the mirror and be like, hey, put, you, you got some of that chalk, bro? Yeah, and you got to go get the drawer and go get that and get that nigga right. And I mean, I mean, but I can see how that can help boost a lot of men's like self esteem and stuff. Yeah. I also can see how it could ruin a lot of black men's self esteem. I will say, like, okay, yeah, because if you look, <laughs> my one of my cousins back in high school, he got pushed back, and oh, that poor the, man. man. The next day he came to school, uh huh, they was on his ass. Hey, we get fasting and praying for that young man. In his psyche, this one I don't think, but that's the thing because within my womenly community, we often say number one that black men don't really have like true friends, and because oftentimes when black men, yes, yes, because y'all, oh, I, I be chilling. But, I mean, I feel like if a woman really does have genuine friends, she's allowed to let it go and vent. Men get together and just yeah, kind of play sports yeah. or play video games or get talk drunk, about bitches. Dope, you know, yeah, but y'all never it. talk about what's really going on. No, and that's, that's what's sad. Yeah. But even more so within, like, black communities, especially when it comes to, like, roasting or janking or getting on niggas' heads and shit, niggas be having PTSD, niggas yeah, be sad for years yeah, yeah. niggas be crying on the inside for decades hold that shit in for years look whoever you were joking when you was young you better apologize when you see him because he might bust a cap yeah, in it he head might, he fall, okay he fall going crazy at you, no and it's the truth man these niggas still thinking about how niggas roasted him back in high school and it's been 10 years from now living their life to like 
mm-hmm. make them be like, you know what, I, I told you. Yes, but that's that's the fucking truth. I just I want men to be kinder to themselves and to be kinder to other people, and I just don't I don't really see that anymore. And like in the beauty industry, like how you said, women got your makeup and you know all of that. They got plastic surgery, wigs, all type of stuff. We ain't got nobody to cut. Now, let's be realistic because I ain't going to hold you. A lot of these men are starting to get BBLs, too. A lot of these men are starting to get abs, um, built-in Drake, Kanye. <laughs> we, we, and then you starting to see men with frontals now. Niggas is getting yeah, frontals. Yeah, the units. But look, check this out, though. So, I'm going to put y'all on a little game. Barbers out there, listen now. I, listen to me. So, with them, how you say the frontals, how you say that's That's so funny you say call it. Oh, we know we we know that's not a, a a man's lace front on your head, right? You said what? Who are you talking to? What? You said what? Put that back. I'm not sure, but is it does the chef D have a lace front on? So y'all, you remember Steve Harvey when he had that high top front? Uh huh. That what? No. That wasn't his. No. If you ever when when you got the time and the people listening, if you got the time, if you ever heard, look up the story about Steve Harvey and his barber. He was paying his barber, you know, like 1200 a week, but that was a hair unit in his head. He had to be on the road with him because a regular barber can't cut his hair Mm-mm. because they don't know that's a unit. So they get in there, get the picking and shit. And then shit come on out. Oh, you know what I mean? Look now. And so he needed him to touch him up every, you know, however often. But, but like, women don't want wrinkles. Mm-hmm. Men don't want to go bald. But, and that's something I want to talk about because... I love bald men. But you know, being bald wasn't cool till like Jordan and them did it. Jordan and Maurice Chestnut, that shit wasn't cool to rock. Well, it ain't. It's, being, that shit wasn't cool being well, bald as a man. Well, that's the thing though, because men also don't take care of their head and they scalp. So, number one, um, research is showing us that like men who video game a lot, their bodies are evolving. Right, yeah. so if you're wearing the headsets, a lot of them are yeah. developing those dents in the yeah, top of their top skull of because of their because of what they do every day. Right, so that's one reason why niggas can't go bald because they be walking around looking like them little peanuts from the Pretty Proud movie. Okay, <laughs> but, also another not to cut you off. Another thing, people that if you nervous, if you got like a nervous tick where you pull at the front of your hair, when if you I, ever notice how dudes like their hair will be thick in the back and the top. But in the front, it'd be thin. They be picking at it, so stop picking at the front of your hair. That's man, sp- and that. man, when I tell you the niggas with locks, they will get the jet twisting on their joint, but they be so motherfucking stressed out. I know a five year old right now that do this right now. A five year old stuck in a thirty five, a thirty five year old stuck in five year old body. He a nigga baby. That's what I call him. <laughs> But I, I love that, but that's what I mean by, like, the self-love because it starts with you. I don't know how many black men really have their own, like, self-identity outside of what is prescribed to them by their friends and their families. I feel like a lot of men kind of just pick up what other people place on them or lean into it or they adopt the ideologies that they hear on social media because those are echo chambers. They just hearing the same shit every day. Every day. They so, yeah, there's a lot of oversaturation going on. So so much stimulation, you can see everything. Like it ain't no no filter for nothing. But that's the beauty about the black barbershop because um, after the eighties, the black barbershop started pushing a lot of initiatives for mental health 
physical health, like health and wellness. Yep. And then they started providing like in-shop hair care products, with they, which they've always, always done. Yeah. But I love the idea that black men, especially those who are like in their 50s and 60s, because them niggas be old and alone. They don't have nobody to talk to. And somebody is telling them, you know, watch out for your heart. Watch out. Don't make sure you're not having strokes and shit. I just don't know if that's going to carry on to the next generation. And I, I hope it do. But, I mean, the barbershop, the only place where I can, like, I can provide you a service. I can diagnose you with something like, hey, man, look, you got alopecia. Hey, man, you, you know, you got ringworm or whatever. And then I can prescribe you a treatment. You really have had to do that? Yeah. How often do niggas have ringworms? Not that often. I'm For not- me. But, like, legally, I'm not even supposed to cut your hair if you got ringworms. Ew. Or any type of open sore legally, I'm not supposed to cut your hair. Or like I know, but a lot of black men deal with keloids too. Kilo, yeah, tell me about it. Well, that's oh man, I should have took notes on that. But the key, I don't. They're usually like scars that are like build up and they don't heal right. But as long as you just got to be careful with them, just you, don't bust them. Black men are more likely to. Black people are more likely and more prone to develop keloids and stuff. And I know a lot of it has to do with like equipment not being sanitized properly. Oh. That's that's a big one. Yeah, a lot of barbershops are unsanitary. Um, and it, as a client, man, when you come in, if you can tell him like, "Hey, bro, clean your shit for you. You chop me up." Don't be that rude about it. But that's as a client, you come in and ask for that. Like, make sure you clean your clip before you put them in my head. That's real. Supposed to do that. The dude that cut my hair, I met him in 1986. He cut my hair for $10. When I got on TV, I had hired. He came out there, he started making $300 a haircut. I paid him 10. He had been with me so many years that he I paid him $1,500 per haircut. He was making $6,000 a week. I cut my hair off. We had to put him on suicide watch for a little while. But then let me tell you what he did. I paid him a chunk of money for being with me all these years. I told him good luck. Guess what this dude got now? He got four salons and he owned two barber collars. You know what this dude make now? 3.6 million a year. You know what he do? He cut hair. He don't do nothing else. So how can we assure that barbershops remain a safe and inclusive place for all members of the black community? Um, I would say... Hold on. Let me explain this to you before I let you divulge into your thoughts. So I wrote this question in thought of in thought of a lot of the LGBTQ members that go to black barbershops, right? So you have gay black men that talk often about how they have to essentially code switch when they get into the barbershop because they be nervous and scared for real. What the most fraught places for a black queer male is the barbershop because you feel so at home and amongst your people in terms of black culture but so extremely out of place in terms of queer culture it is one of the last major hubs of open homophobia with which i regularly have to interact like yesterday at the barbershop they were openly defending toy lane toy lanes like are you kidding me and then joking around that oh he's in jail and some niggas are gonna be all up on his booty well some of us like that some of us want that we like it we love it we want some more of it what of it negro what of it maybe i'll have to buy clippers because it's becoming less tolerable and i don't see it getting better you looking for me you can find me at the barbershop pulling up to get a cup bumping through the parking lot i keep it clean rico's where i'm running to if you in the city then you probably gonna be coming to king getting down and they have to like like revert into this traditional masculine role for like supposed to be this big masculine 
Then you also, on the flip side of that coin, you also have uh, lesbian studs um, going in to get their hair cut and stuff. And men who are just in the barbershop are very disrespectful to them or they feel uncomfortable in those spaces because traditionally those spaces aren't for them. And, and you know, um, you know, women are going natural now. Everybody got these froze and these lower cuts. Yes, and they getting tapered. Yeah, and like a lot of women are, are scared to go to the barbershop because, you know, and dogs, you know, we see a woman come in the barbershop, boy, it's, it's game on. Like, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's eat'll be eating. No, I don't know what you're saying. What right. is like up in there? Right. It sounds scary. Like if a pretty girl come in with a short haircut looking for a haircut, like, every nigga gonna be trying to holler at them. They gonna be, oh, it's the cut free, you know, trying to flirt with them. But back to the to the answer though, like being professional, that'll kill, in my opinion, a lot of that. I also feel like, do you think that a lot of barbers hold the people within their shops accountable for what they say and do in their actions? Because I feel like that is what need that is what needs to happen. But that that comes with being professional, right? So like, if you're a barber, you're full time barber, you work in a barber shop. This is your job. This is what you do for a living. This ain't the club. This ain't the hangout spot. This ain't the place to go smoke in the back, you know, sell your dope. This ain't the place for that. This is a place of business. And so when you in there, be careful how you speak. Can't be calling folks. Speaking, like, I know this is the barbershop, and, you know, you got the quote-unquote barbershop talk, but you can't be saying words like fag and stuff. They do. You, you I know they calling do. Folk. That's what I'm saying. And, like, I, I had a, a gentleman in my chair that was that was gay one time, and they was kind of talking about the subject, and I kind of, I really didn't know what to do because, but I told him afterwards, I'm like, look, he, he gay man y'all can't be talking crazy like that when he in the shop this real though and that's also i feel like that's how you develop like loyal a loyal customer base because if niggas know that you got them them niggas will fuck with you the long way but again it goes back to the patriarchy like i feel like so many of those men feel like they have to do that they have to prove their masculinity within Mm -hmm. those spaces it's a it's a what is a pissing contest or which dick is bigger Mm -hmm. contest yeah yeah, dick swinging contest. <laughs> but just being professional, like you don't, you know, you don't see that kind of stuff in the doctor's office or the dentist or Walmart or you know Chick Fil A. You don't see that shit because this is a place of business, right? So, like I said, you can't be smoking dope, and that's gonna attract the wrong people. You keep, you don't want your barbershop getting shot up because everybody out here hanging out from the block. Woo, 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 woo. When the women come in the shop, they want to get a service and get the fuck on down. They ain't trying to holler at you. I don't, I really feel like y'all should really make it a cool. Baby mamas ain't trying to holler at you. Like, leave them fucking Oh, damn. Like, let them come in, get their son haircut. And keep it pushing, man. Keep it professional. Oh, here's another question. Because I've also been seeing a lot of children come in who are, like, autistic or have, like, sensory issues. I feel like that's another thing that a lot of black men should, like, be specialized and trained on. Yes, I I would agree. Um, Actually, when I was in barber school, I cut a kid that was autistic. And, um, How was it? So he wasn't, he wasn't that bad, to be honest. He gave him his iPad, and he was pretty chill. But when you get around his ears and stuff with them loud clippers, it would throw him off. But he was actually a really good kid, though. He was better than the quote-unquote normal kid that come through there. I had one little boy tell me one day, I was cutting him. And I said, man, you going to be still today or what? He looked at me and said, no. Period. Sometimes you just got to let a nigga know. <laughs> at least he knew what to expect. You know what to expect. Like and I'm like, well, she, he was honest. Wow. His mama told him not to tell no tall tales. That nigga ain't fibbing in this bitch not today. Both of them need to have one. Oh, well, neither one of them gonna get it no time soon. <laughs> I tell you that much. 
I also I think it'd be a great idea for a lot of barbers probably to get like safe zone like certifications yeah, or safe place. Great, they, they know it. Um, I know like out here at Mississippi State, they offer like trainings to make sure LGBTQ people like feel comfortable and their spaces are safe, or even just getting like you know the little sign in the window if yeah. someone like runs away or something, they could always come, come back. And, like, I think there would be a great way to, like, bridge the gap because the barbershop, like, it is it is another place where niggas can nigga. And exactly. Like, and, if, and that's on the shop owner or whoever running the shop. You got to be on there, too. And, like, some dudes, like, so let's, everybody smoke, right? You come in the shop. Just don't smell like a pound when you come in there. Yeah. You know, I understand dope boy need haircut, too. I want your money just as good here as it is anywhere else. So, yeah, come through. But, like, don't come in here smelling like weed, like. Don't don't bring that shit in the shop. If you want to gangbang, that's cool. Keep that shit outside the shop. So, what are some more examples of like barbershop etiquette you think more people should like think of or take into consideration before they enter? As in, like the clients. Yeah. Um. Just things to be mindful of before they come in. Don't like stand over your barber. Like if you got a kid. Like, don't stand over your boy while you're trying to cut your kid hair. If your kid is, is, you know, acting up or whatever, if I'm telling him one thing, I don't need you telling him something else. Because if you hear, you the daddy, so he's going to listen to you, not me, right? It's interesting that you say that, and I'm sorry I cut you off. Good, good. So I've been watching this girl on social media, and um, she braids little kids' hair, and she provides her service child like parent free so she will let the parents leave and give them what she calls like mommy time or daddy time so they can do what they want with those hours while their children are alone because oftentimes the kids show their ass in front of their parents and as soon as the parents leave the children like they act normal they, act different, yeah. they do but that's that's cool like if you're gonna braid the hair but like it's a haircut I will say this is part of the etiquette unless you know the people that's in the shop you know what I mean unless y'all got a tight knit relationship don't leave your kids up there to be babysat, especially if they bad. Cause I'm, I'm in here trying to make a living. You know, what I, mean? yeah. I can't watch your kids and do what I got to do at the same time. That's true too. Especially if I got appointments, I can't be telling your kids act right and you know time is money. So. I do. I would also really like to see barbershops do more with political politics. Cause again, when we're talking about like those echo chambers, are we really only seeing niggas just talk about women? Was masculine gender wars? Alpha. Yes, and um, Jim Bros and all that, because they bad bitches. That's what bad bitches talk about in their free time, and we understand that. Um, (laughs) I just would love for those, like those, those traditions to return back because we getting ready to start a whole nother political run, and niggas don't know the difference between conservatives, liberals, and independents. (laughs) <laughs> look, I, I know a little bit, but I'm I'm one of them niggas. I ain't gonna lie to you. It is okay, but that that shows you the importance of it because we need to get to a point where we're voting in unison. It also needs to be normalized. Like niggas need to be normalized. They need to know the importance of it, especially down here in the South, because yeah, Mississippi sure. Mississippi has the highest amount of black people than any other state in America. So it's niggas here. Yeah. Niggas, All the niggas. We can make Mississippi blue if we wanted to, but it takes those niggas because we're also wanted to point out the fact that um 
there is like a Democrat to Republican pipeline for black men going out where a lot of Republicans are starting to gather black men, specifically target them and oh, trying yeah. to like revert the their mindset. Yes. And um, it's working slowly, but black men don't go vote. Black women will go vote, but like you're still seeing the mindset of those traditions embedded, and I feel like it is the responsibility of like spaces like the barbershop. Yeah, Could we, everybody here anyway, especially Friday, Saturday? Mm-hmm. Shoot, that like the barbershop always been a place of community and like unification, so. There's no reason for it to stop. You're right. We definitely need to pick back up on that. Y'all could do like $5 off or a haircut if you show yeah. me I, I voted sticker. You know what? I'm going to start that. That's real, though. I'm going like, to I'm I'm start that. I'm going to work on a flyer. Yeah. And when you bring your I voted pen, I give you $5 yeah. off. Do your due diligence to the fucking community. Yeah, you damn right. Thank you. Only yes. if you vote for who I voted for. If you vote against me, then I might charge you extra five. If niggas go into that booth and vote yeah. for Tate Reeves, they got another thing coming. Like, they judgment not right. Yeah, shout out to the Mississippi The two things they talk about in a black barbershop uh, is sports and pussy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they be talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I be confused. I be working out in sweats and shit, you know. I be on Google Translate like... Yeah, brother, when you leave, you gonna get all the ladies. And I'm quiet. And I'm quiet, because I don't lie, so I just stay quiet. Why you act like you don't get no pussy? Because I don't, okay? You don't get no pussy. You ain't never had it. You ain't never ate it before. I'm like, look, I don't even know how to cook that shit. <laughs> this is an exciting question for you, Isaiah. So, like, what role do you see technology playing in the future of barbershops and the impact of black communities? I feel like you, since COVID, I feel like you see it a little bit already. Because, um, <clears throat> you know, they didn't want you touching nobody, right? So they came out with a lot of... Uh, I guess different creative ways to like you can blow hair off people like you got little blowers and shit little cute little little things of that nature um you've seen like i know you've probably seen on tiktok or twitter instagram or whatever but the little fog guns or the little sanitation guns oh the yeah using that mm-hmm. spraying them you know spray your client down with with aftershave or cologne or something you know after the cut that's new niggas weren't doing that before the pandemic yes i also you know they was damning you up with the with the wood uh, the neck tape for the neck strip. Uh-huh. And now, you know, COVID came through. They don't want you touching people. So, nigga was just, one day was just like, you know what? I got this damn gun. hmm I'm going to put this. He probably put that in after shaving and was like, yeah. Oh, fucked up. oh boy. I'm going to get you niggas right today. <laughs> nah, man, look. Look, I got a product coming soon, hopefully, man. Like, I'm, I'm going to come out with my own little scent, my own little fragrance. Because I, I got niggas, every time they come to the shop, like, man, what is that in that gun? What is just smell so good? Just, you, know. you know what, Isaiah, go ahead and talk about, like, you have been um, getting ready to transition into, like, skincare and facials. You did a facial for me and for my sister, and we both yep. thoroughly enjoyed it. And I would love for men to take the advantage of yeah, that type like, of luxury. Yeah, come, yeah, like, men, take care of your skin, bro. Like, you only got one body, man. Like, take care of it. Like, and your skin yeah. is your largest organ. Yeah. Your, yeah. your first line of defense against everything, so. 
Take care of that shit. And your image is everything, man. Take care of your face. Get closer to the mic. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. You fine. So. Oh, go ahead. No, because that is absolutely right. Again, like a lot of men feel like it's gay to go back there and clean your pores and get I mean, your I, shit right. I get it. You know, you don't want a man, I guess, scrubbing on your face, but it's. I don't. I, I don't get it. I don't. Well, you. I mean, I know you don't get it. I don't, cause I fuck on niggas. I feel like yeah. if niggas wanted to get their hair done and get their skin clean and shit, that's fine, cause you care about yourself. I mean, if you trust your barber in your head, why not, you know, trust them with your face? It's, it's all part of grooming. Well, if niggas got beards and they'll allow their barbers to line up their beards, that's just one step closer. What they need to, y'all to say, no homo, before they get to getting in the <laughs> nostrils. You know, if that's what it takes, if I got to say no homo to get you in the chair to, you know, do something different, take care of yourself, I'll do it. Uh, yeah, If please. I got to say no homo before we before I lay you down and do the facial. Yeah. You got to change the name. It can't be no facial either because niggas probably think that shit gay too. <laughs> you, what is a mansion? I don't know. A mansion. A mansion. You got to change that shit. You got to get that right for to get the hood niggas up in there. We, yeah, we'll come out with something. I'll patent it, put it on a t-shirt. Yes. And I think what, you know what, that is so interesting because the first black millionaire in Atlanta was a black barber, right? So, like, he became a millionaire because he had over a hundred different rental spaces. And he ended up, like, having different barbershops. and during, Yes, and during the riots, they wanted them burnt burnt it down and he ended up creating his own insurance company to be him come telling you and then he passed down that legacy and i love to see again because that's why i wanted to bring up the fact that you had a trade because i love seeing black men having trades like that where they have the possibility to make so much more money than they would if they were going like to school right And, and having a trade it's not even so much about the money like if you got a trade and you provide a service everybody got to come to you whether that's, you know, your homeboys, doctors, dentists, lawyers, you know, big exec CEOs, you know, everybody got to come see you so you can develop relationships and, you know, put yourself in certain positions in the future. You know, man, you'd be straight for life, man. Well, that is absolutely right. Booker T. Washington really pressed forward because he really wanted black men to be able to receive as many trades as he could. And then he ended up um, creating his own college. And his college was built by the students who ended up attending that college. So you're developing those life trades. So right. when I be talking to a lot of older men who have trades and have their own businesses, they're talking about how hard it is for um, people to find younger people to. To participate yeah. in those trades because nobody wants to do it because everybody making mixtapes right now. Yeah, but man, look, if you can work with your hands, you can't lose, man. No, really though, you can't lose, and it and it don't have to be on the side. People making M's, working with their hands. You see these Mexicans out here? These folks make some bread. They are making money, and there's a lot of money to be made because the number one industry or job or uh, entrepreneurial opportunities for black people is opening a barbershop or hair salon but barbershop hair salon washing cars cutting grass painting um technology going crazy learn how to break down the computer and put it back together 
But let's let's bring it full circle because you started this episode talking about how unprofessional they are. So in order for us as black people, because black people will spend the money. Yes. They will spend the they, money. We already spend the money. That's what I'm telling you. It's the quality because the people are so focused on quantity, mm-hmm. but it's the quality of the product. Don't nobody want to fuck with you. T- tell me about the horror stories you've heard about with like booking, getting um, prices, all types right. of shit. Crazy. So look, I'm gonna try to keep this short. So a dude yesterday, I'm cleaning out my truck. Oh, I'm getting a vacuum. <clears throat> dude walks up to me. He like, hey man, look, I ain't no bomb. I, you know, what, what, whatever. Long story short, he asked me to ride to Walmart. I take him to Walmart. On the way there, we chopping it up a little bit. Did, complete strange. I don't know who they do there. I just picked him up at the car wash spot and drove him to Walmart. And um, we get done. You know, I pull up. He was like, one more favor. Let me get two dollars for a black and mine. So I was like, okay, whatever. He like, man, I got you back. You know what I'm saying? I, I got the bread, bro. It, it ain't no thing. He like, what's your number? And I started to tell him. I was like, you know what? I just gave him a car. He was like, man, what you do? <laughs> I was like, man, I could help. He's like, man, for real, man, you think you can do something with me? And I was like, yeah, man. He like, how much you charge? I was like, thirty. And then after I just gave him man a ride to Walmart, what he told you? He looked me. He was like. $30? Yeah, that's too much. He was like, you need to get that down to 20 I said, man, I can't make a living doing that. He was like, man, your muscle head ass. <laughs> I was like, I just, just gave this man a ride to Walmart. I don't even know this man. I don't even remember his name. <laughs> that nigga said, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't expect that. Anyway, I told him I charged $30 for a haircut. Yeah, your muscle head ass. <laughs> that nigga got on your ass. Out there, but he not a bomb. He not. And no, but, he he not no bomb. I ain't no bomb. I, don't, I got a house. I got three bedrooms. Yeah. But you you can't pay $30 for that? No, though. that's too much. You you need to be more reasonable, Isaiah. Knock it down. To, actually, knock it down to 15 Oh, no. I, <laughs> nah. Jesus died <laughs> on the cross. He paid for it all, baby. Well, he ain't paid for nothing. I would have gave him that, that thing for the free stuff. If he, he had died. acted right. You know what I mean? Now, if he all that hell they talking about he had, no, nah, I got to tell him for that. I lied. Come on, go back to talking. <laughs> but yeah, so like, people, you know what I mean? Like, I, I understand why people have horrible attitudes because you get 100 calls a day, the same the same conversation. Hey, y'all open? Uh, okay, how many folk there? Uh, what you charge? You know what I mean? All the, you know. But, damn, what was the question? I done got off track. Essentially, like, what, when we were talking about how black businesses need to do better with professionalism. Okay, yeah. So, and then that's where the appointments come in. So, like, <clears throat> we do walk-ins at the shop, but appointments are prioritized. And we treat the appointments the same way you would treat a doctor's appointment or, a, you know, the bank or whatever. And and it'll help, too, clients. Y'all, you know, if we work with, y'all work with us, we work with y'all. You know, they, they get out of, of out of pocket or out of line. If you book an appointment at 3 o'clock and you show up at 3.15, I'm like, yeah, I got to charge you a late fee. But as a barber, time is money. It is. You know, I got to make up for what I'm going to miss out on. Because if I got walk-ins in here waiting, one of them might walk out the door. Yes. Because you was 15 minutes late. And I and ain't got shit to do with me. So I got to I got to make up for that. Damn. All right. Give me another one more example. One more. Um, professionalism. We was talking about bad attitudes, too, when it comes to barbers and hairstylists. Okay, so the bad attitudes, right? So you want to be professional. People will pay you like a professional, but you got to be professional. 
and you have to be able to provide customer service, right? Because that stuff go a long way. That's how you get your tips. Mm-hmm. You know, you be an asshole to somebody, ain't nobody going to tip you. So, so one thing, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of an example. Well, why are you doing that? I wanted to talk about, because I've been seeing a lot of innovative different um, barbershops. Like in Atlanta, they got the gay barbershops where the barber cut the hair with his dick out or with an apron on. And um, I, don't, I don't know nothing about that. But you was talking about professionality, and that's just different. Like, I be seeing them folks, he begin, he become people hair, and he begin his dick sucked on at the same time, oh, and or vice, vice versa. Oh. So, I guess we in different times now. So I guess certain <laughs> stuff fly different. But I, oh yeah, I don't. What's the name of this barbershop? I don't know. Cause I, I don't want to be there. I, <laughs> I, I saw a video. Um, but I think it was just for a video. These dudes getting their haircuts and they had strippers in there. But even so, I be seeing a lot of barbers playing pranks on their Caroline Tail and stuff on yeah, social that media. Ain't. This shit seemed like that would irritate the fuck out of me. Depending on what it is, like if if a dude was like the lip thing. That wouldn't bother me as much as like somebody like putting like a whole thing of powder on my face because you got to clean that shit up. You do have to clean. You know what I mean? Shit like, up. don't spray me with no damn water all over my head. Like, don't do that shit to me. That yeah, and it that but that goes back to professionality because yeah. you doing that to make another stack of money on yeah, the side of your social else, media. Like, yeah, that's nah. Keep that. Keep that somewhere else. That ain't if you a content creator and that's your business. I guess you couldn't hear on the side, so I guess that's cool. I'm I'm a full time barber, so I I can't be playing. So have you ever cut a white man's hair before? Of course. How did that go? Because like Man, one of my when I was in school, one of my first head, my models with my homeboy, he was a white dude. How did it turn out? Turned out fine. What he said? He liked it. I bet he did. And that's listen, all the bar, especially in Mississippi, black dudes, man, like that's where you bred at. Straight hair, coarse hair, white dude, Hispanic. That's what you bred at, man, because white people going to tip. They White people, any professional person is going to pay you what you're worth. Mm. So if you hold your barbershop professional, you're going to attract other professional people. Those people are typically more serious, and they're going to make more money. Mm. They're going to have more money to give you. That's powerful right there. You know what I'm saying? So Get all up in that license-fisted so scalp, baby. You cut that <laughs> shit down. So you're right. Raising that shit up. Hey, give that man, nigga a man. mullet if he asks for it. You seen these new mullets these dudes got? The bitches too. Man. The bitches rocking the mullets like it ain't nobody paying it. You silly. I'm not. That shit looks silly. <laughs> but I mean, if you, you know, if you got people sucking dick in the shop, them on the clientele you're going to attract. That just seemed like something you had to sign a waiver for before you it get your haircut. Be, that's, man, that's got to be like a that's tough. content creative barbershop or something. He really do be edging and lining these niggas up, though. He be getting them niggas right. You know he you probably can chop like a mug. Oh, he be chopping them down, all right. Yeah, but he just be—I don't know. But I love that. That's just so innovative and creative, and I love that we love supporting black-owned businesses like that. You know, you just got to put your own little spin on it. Well, I'm gonna have to support him. I'm gonna just give him a donation or something. Yeah, I can't, I can't get no cut. Donations, gifts, gifts. But back to the serious shit because, like, I just especially when we're thinking about the future of the barbershop because I'm afraid that the quality is going to go down and, like, people focusing so much on the... Well, it is. And to speak on that, like, with the enhancements, like, it's dudes, like, in Atlanta, listen, it's dudes here in Mississippi chopping their ass off, but we only getting $20, $30 because we, we so stuck behind mentally. But if everybody in the city go up $10, 
them niggas gonna get a haircut. They gonna what? They gonna pay it or they gonna cut it themselves? Or they gonna go ball? Oh. But but back to the enhancements though. Like these dudes not even cutting. They just spray your shit down and you go to bed. And it should be on your, your pillow. On your crispy as a motherfucker. But it ain't on your head. No. Yeah, please don't fuck. Don't touch it, baby. Don't touch it. But that goes back to like you know educating yourself and being a professional. Who's next? God damn, boy, what's that, some kind of weave or something? It is my natural hair. I have been growing it since birth. Oh shit, what kind of chemical you got in there? I have put no chemicals, only juices and berries. <laughs> shit, that ain't nothing but ultraperm. Tell me how you want me to cut this. Just make it nice and neat. That'll be $8. All right, Isaiah, final question of the afternoon. How can we encourage more black men to prioritize their mental health and physical health? And what role can barbers play in this effort? Being an example. Mm, I like that. You know, presenting yourself in, in a way where people will trust you and look at you for advice. Uh, because, like I said, man, people are going to come in there and they're going to tell you stuff they're not going to tell the preacher. So <clears throat> be an example, first and foremost. And always be positive. Don't, you know, somebody bring something to you, like, always be optimistic about it. That's real. You know, like, you know, in the black community, mental health ain't really, it's not a serious thing. So, like, if somebody talking to you, matter of fact, quick story, I had a guy, one of my clients, um, it's a it's a dude, older guy, and he's got two sons, and one of them is in high school. Mm -hmm. And um, he had some stuff going on, and he started having panic attacks. Mm -hmm. And he had a panic attack in the shop. And thankfully... With my experience, especially being like a kinesiology major, I was able to help him kind of talk him through it. We like in public and we in front of people. You in know what I mean? In front of niggas at that. And so I had to help him with that, but that was like a huge, like, because I ain't never dealt with nothing like that, like personally at first. But, you know, I had to help him through a panic attack. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't, and there's nothing I can do about it. Yes, and that's sad because it needs to be more black men that are educated on stuff like that. Not just like this, your specialty, but CPR certified. Yeah. You need niggas. Take, yeah, like little certifications that ain't gonna, you know, cost you no money. You know, learn how to. Because shit like that help you become a more well-rounded person. Because I yeah. am, I was on the phone talking to my sister today. And I was telling her, if some shit went down, I'm the type of person you would want to be around. Because I can talk somebody through, like, a panic attack. Yeah. I could help. I could be a good Samaritan if someone got into a car accident. I'm pretty, I'm 100% certain that I could bandage somebody up, put them in a slingshot made out of cloth. Like, I'm really, I'm very sure of myself. And I'm not sure. Being, being an asset is, is such a big thing. Yes. Wherever you are, however you can be an asset. And it's not always about the money. I'm pretty sure y'all oh. lose a lot of money doing what y'all do, then make it in some cases. Man, I mean, you got to you got to give back. You I know, know I mean? it. So it's the money gonna come if you take care. Of, my mentor told me this, Alan uh, Lamont Evans. He say this every day, all day. Take care of your peoples. Your peoples gonna take care of you. And he's a legend in Starville. And, you feel me? Uh -huh. And he thirty years been cutting hair. Everybody know more. Yes. You did what I'm saying? And he's always so nice and so positive. Yeah. I guess and I remember him from childhood. Full of energy. Putting God first in everything too, first and foremost. That's he gonna tell you that. You gonna get tired of hearing that shit. Like he's talking to mine. Like he, he talk about God so much, but but yeah, like just you know, he's such a positive like role model in the community. He did that shit cutting hair. 
being him, being professional, doing what he's supposed to do, doing what he said he was going to do, standing on it. That's beautiful. I wanted to take the the rest of this time. If you could just give some men some advice on ways to help grow their hair, take care of their skin, and what products they could use, I think they would really appreciate that. All right, so men, black men out there, stop buying hair and shoulders. There's no black people on their commercials. That's probably for a reason, okay? <clears throat> Start look going to go to the beauty supply store. Wherever your woman, your daughter, by her eyelashes, wherever from. she getting her hair stuff from, yeah. that's where you need to be. Um, when you're looking at products like the guys, if you want waves and stuff like that, you want your hair to curl up. Read the ingredients. You don't want petroleum jelly in your hair or your skin, really, um, because it clogs your pores. Clog your pores, kill the follicle. You ain't got no follicle in the hair gonna grow there. I don't care how much damn. <laughs> Growth oil you put in your shit, if it ain't a follicle there, it ain't going. It ain't happening. <laughs> the only thing you can do is, is pray, get on. A hair unit, uh, pray on it uh-huh. and moisturize. <laughs> get a hair unit or have some surgery. Well, they got it now, man. You can like tattoo like a little hairline, like if you thin in the front and make it look. This so cute. That's crazy, man. The Hispanics is killing it. I believe it too. They're making a kill it, but um, skin, man. Whatever. Listen, your woman got a skin routine. You need to have a skin routine. If it ain't nothing but a quick exfoliant on your face, use something natural. Like, I have an exfoliant from uh, Dermalogica, and it's got oat milk in it. Oat milk is great for your skin. It's got all kind of vitamins. All, you know, it's, it's great to put on your skin. Don't use nothing with, like, harsh chemicals. Like man. eczema. Leave yeah, this like, shit alone. Yeah, like, man, every, everything you need when it comes to your body, like, oils and stuff, all that shit come from the earth, man. You don't, you know, don't put a whole bunch of harsh chemicals on you. And if you hit, want your hair to grow, don't dye it all the time. Dyeing your hair, bleaching it, that shit is killing your pigmentation in your hair. And it's killing your hair. If you're going to completely change, if you got black hair and your shit is blonde, like, you got to break that down. Yeah, you got to do that you know shit in segments. Like, you got to break your, literally, like, the pigment in your hair, you have to break that down and rebuild it with something else. And if you're constantly doing that, your hair will, it's going to fall out. I, I guarantee it. Mm, yeah, you dropping gems on them. Um, what else? Guys with dreads. If you think about if you already got dreads and your hairline receding, it's probably a little too late. But if you think about getting hair, your, your hair twisted or dreaded up, tell your stylist when they part it, give you leave like a little inch in the front of your hairline. So them dreads, every time you know they get them retwisted, they tugging and, and pulling your edges. Just leave a little hair down there, you know, in the front to knock it down. So when it's time for a lineup, your barber can cut it down and line you up, and your dreads ain't pulling your edges out. Um, what's another tidbit? Oh, with kids, I see this a lot. Um, when they got their baby hair, this this for the barbers. When they got their baby peach fuzz hair in the front of their line, don't cut that shit off. Don't, cause you pushing it, you killing their hair. You got to get their hair time to mature. And then you know that's why you see guys at like fifteen, yo. So your vertical bars on your hairline that's coming straight down, they should line up with your eyebrow. But if you was a kid and your barber was killing your hairline, by the time you fifteen. Your vertical bar is probably way past down there by your ear. Oh, that's crazy. You know what I mean? So how old do you think a child should be before they get their first haircut? Old enough to be able to sit there and not, like, freak out with it. Old enough to behave in the chair, I would say that. So, like, three, four? If he can sit in the chair and be still at one, do it. But That's real. You know what I mean? Like, don't – listen, man, like, you gotta take care of the kids and the elderly, right? But like, don't if you know your kid is a 
you know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you gotta pull the bill out and yeah, the switch out two times a week or more, maybe your child is a handful. Yeah, and just you know, leave him at home until he's ready. Until it's time. Yeah. You know, like but the age don't really matter. I would definitely say like at least like two. I would think before you start taking him to the bar. Because I mean, what do he need to look fresh for before he start going to school? Anyway? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's them. You got um, any more tips for them? What about, oh, do beard growth? Because these niggas is real. They not connecting the way they want I, to. They say in order for your beard to grow. You got to eat coochie. No. From the bed. You got to toss that salad, man. That's, that's that's real. No, I'm lying. That's not real. That no. was not. <laughs> the Afrocentric podcast supports this message. <laughs> I mean, you know, hey, to ease his own. But if <laughs> if you like me and you ain't you ain't finna be tossing no salad, just give it time first and foremost. Because people like your hair doesn't mature till you're thirty. So if you're twenty two and you you worried about your beard and stuff connecting, you you got eight more years, dog. Relax. It's it's gonna happen how it's supposed to. What can they use on their face in the meantime? Same, same thing you can put in your hair. You ain't got no oils. Like, what type of oils? Like, vitamin E, vitamin A? Man, coconut oil. Jehovah oil. Je- what do you hate pronounce it? I think it's jojoba. Oh, Jehovah oil, Jehovah witness oil. <laughs> that peppermint, Um, that's that's another thing. That, that peppermint going to get them follicles right. It's going to open it up. Well, what happens, so you know... Do you know why peppermint, like when you put it on, you get that like tingly sensation? Because mm, it's stimulating the follicles. It's stimulating blood flow. The wet flow? The blood, blood flow. flow. Yeah. Okay. This. So that's, if you got peppermint oil, now if you thinning, get you a dermal roll or maybe some peppermint oil might help that. That's real. I be but, seeing a lot of people do that. Like them white men, when they go bald, bald they do everything and they power to keep that shit because them motherfuckers be going bald at 12, look, 14. I think, and I don't know if baseball caps have something. No, to do with that's that. their ancestors. That's my, that's, well, that's my ancestors pulling their hair from them scalp because of what they ancestors what they were did. Doing. Uh-huh. Punishment. Reparations. There's spiritual reparations in high places and low places. Ain't, ain't nothing you can do about that. If the Lord said, if the Lord will it, let it be. It gonna be. It gonna be. It ain't got no choice but to be. <laughs> Excuse me. Hey, it's Kunta Kente! <laughs> what can I do with you, boy? Can you make my hair look like this? Oh, man, what you want to make your hair look like that for? Well, I like the way you wear your hair. Wear it natural. That's good, man. You know, I wish more of the young children today would wear their hair natural like Dr. Martin Luther King did. That's right. You ain't never seen Dr. Martin Luther King with no Mr. Jerry Curl on his head. Ain't that right? Amen. Dr. King ain't come walk around like that. You know, sweet, I met Dr. Martin Luther King once. And you lying. You ain't never met Dr. Martin Luther King. Yeah, I met Dr. Martin Luther King in 1962 in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm walking down the street, minding my own business, just walking off, feeling good. I walk around the corner, man woke up, hit me in my chest, right? I fall on the ground, right? And I look up at Dr. Martin Luther King. I said, Dr. King. He said, oops, I thought you were somebody else. Oh, man, you lying. You ain't never met Martin Luther the King. Knocked the wind out of me. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he did not. Hey, boy, why are you so worried about how you look anyway? Well, I am trying to gain the interest of a certain young lady. I ain't never heard no woman giving no man no love just because his hair look good. That's right. Is this American girl? Yes. <laughs> you got to go through a papa. See, that's a big misconception. People don't know that about American women. Ain't got nothing to do with your hair or your pocket. You get in good with American woman's father, you in good with her. Ain't that right? He ain't lying. 
That's right. You get in good with the father, you home free. Mm-hmm. Home free. Like a bird. Shout out to the slaves. Yeah, shout out to the slaves. You feel me? Shout out to Harriet Tubman. That shout was out to the real nigga. Yeah, shout out to them Mississippi niggas. Yeah, yeah, shout, shout out to them Mississippi niggas. niggas. Yeah, big penitentiary tractor dra- dragging ass oh, niggas. niggas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Going to whisper. And they don't talk loud. They whisper. Dangerous niggas whisper. And shout out again to all those people who hate my guts. Y'all are doing a justice and an effort to the world. Keep breaking these men down one at a time. Shout out LGBTQ. You are obsessed and sick. And welcome back to the big black shout out, the blackest shout out in the world. The big black shout out is an opportunity to help circulate the black dollar back into our communities and for audience members to explore black owned hidden gems. So Isaiah, who would you like to shout out today? Um, I'm gonna shout out, first I'm gonna shout out my, my instructor and my mentor, Alan Lamont Evans. I went to his school in West Point, the custom, the custom cuts barbershop. In West Point, Mississippi. It used to be here in Starkville, but now it's in West Point. Um, I want to shout him out. He's been a, a huge, huge role in where I'm at now and kind of opening my eyes to different things. So I, I got to give him a shout out first. Um, shout out to him. If you were thinking about getting a trade or possibly yeah. becoming a barber, this is probably your sign. You're not here for a reason. So take your ass down there and learn you something. So shout out to Custom Cuts Barber School in on, West Point. It's on Main Street. Um, you can't miss it. It's the biggest school over there. You can't. It's almost always packed out. So yeah. yeah, check that out. Shout out to niggas making motion. Man, you right. I'm so who's the next person you'd like to shout out? Um, I want to shout out Petro, my old barber. For being an example of what a barber should be, even though he didn't know it at the time, I didn't know it at the time. But he, you know, he played a big role in it. So when I'm when I'm handling business, I want to handle it like him. Yeah. You know, he legit. Yeah. So if you're looking for a barber in Starville. Mr. Pedro is always here with uh, uh, sharpened scissors and open arms. I think he in the ministry too, I would say. Oh, this nice. preacher or something, he do something like that. Oh, this nice. Well, God bless it. And also come, you know, come to Custom Cuts and start with two of you looking for a barber. You know, I'm Isaiah Thompson. IG is uh, underscore, it's at underscore the last hair blender. You know, I'll click the book now. Button in my bio, you know what I'm saying, the book an appointment. Yeah, Isaiah be getting niggas right. Hey, you know. So when you, I ain't gonna speak on it, you know, just check out the work and you know, you ain't gonna have no trouble with the book. Real, real. I love that. So shout out to you as well, Isaiah. Who was the last person you'd like to shout out today? Well, I, I, I got a couple. Okay, come on, take your time. Um, I wanna shout out my cousin Bernard. Um, he's a barber too. He cut in Louisville. When I was still in school, he let me cut in his shop, you know, a couple weekends, make me some bread, keep some bread in my pocket. He um, gave me a couple other opportunities too that I need to recheck on now that I got my license. Shout out to him. Um, I want to shout out. This is a black business here in Starkville. Um, black Iris Affirmation Candles. Yes. Um, by Jessica Outlaw. She has candles, diffusers, room sprays, and the shit smells phenomenal. Phenomenal. Like if you went bath and body works, get the fuck out of there. Okay. This should cause cancer anyway. Okay. You hear it? But it's Black Iris. B L A Q U. E I R I S. 
That's her name. That's the Facebook page, and that's her website. It'll be blackiris.com. Yeah. Blackiriscandles.com. Uh huh. Now, if you smoking blunts and bagwoods and you tired of your landlord creeping up on you, you better go get you one of these good smelling candles. That room spray is the truth. If you, if you want to get rid of that, that weed, get room spray. Cigarette smell, because nigga be smoking them square too. Hey, if you smoking squares, quit that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you don't take nothing else from this. Quit smoking this shit. But she's got candles and room sprays and car diffusers. Um, yeah, I think that's it on her. And oh, I want to shout out Elgin Mack. He's the um the new director at the at the Custom Cut Barber College. Um, full of wisdom, man. He he know how to work them numbers. And if, if you having issues with like your credit or if you want to learn how to use your credit to leverage it toward getting some real bread. Highland him. He's truth. Yes. He truth. He's gonna show you how to get your LLC and set that up all professional. So when the bank, when you go to the bank and, and, and need some money, they can't tell you no. He's gonna set you up perfect. Um shout out to my folks, man. You know, I have a great support system. <laughs> this is like so this is real life. Like I'm still I'm still living at the house. I'm I'm gonna be 26 tomorrow. And and they let me, you know what I'm saying, while I'm getting this shit off the ground, they you know. They've been perfect, man. They support me. Whatever I do, they, they ain't never told me not to go do something. So, yes. shout out to them, for sure. Shout out to all of you all who are grinding, getting that money, and have a black-owned business. Now, if you have a black-owned business or someone you know has a black-owned business and you guys would like a free shout-out, make sure you are emailing me. That's afrocentricpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, the address to the shop is 106 North Lafayette Street. Real. God, he's blessing me, honey. God is blessing all the real bitches across the United States of America and Jamaica, and, uh, Afghanistan. Uh huh. Did y'all y'all know I like to pray? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Father God, we just want to give you the thanks and the gratitude again. We love you. And we thank you for blessing us with these opportunities that we have, our careers, our children, our wives, our husbands, our boyfriends, and everything that you blessed us with. Father God, we ask you to continue to bless us. And be at the mall, church. Don't say nothing to me, bitch. I told y'all, bitch. I warned y'all. Stop fucking disrespecting me, bitch. In Jesus' name, stop her. Right now. Put her on her back for playing with you, Lord. Take her name out the land's book of life. If she playing with you, Lord, in Jesus' name. We might be sinning, but mm, we can repent tomorrow. We are also praying for the people of Puerto Rico. We love Puerto And we are back. Born again sinners. Brought back to our knees. Repenting under God's throne of grace. For those who do not know. The altar call is the final segment of any podcast episode. And I'm just here to let my people know that I'm here. And I'm getting praying and fasting and hoping for you Negroes. And interceding on y'all's behalf. Father God, we came here to lift up Jeffrey. Also known to your hand soldiers as Young Thug in his time of need, oh Lord. We're asking that you release Jeffrey from bondage like you released Paul from the cells and silos. Break him loose, Father God. Yes, Lord. And God, if you can heal Boosie from cancer and diabetes, God, you can heal young Jeffrey 
from lung cancer, Father God. He is simply just a messenger of good works. Lord, we ask that all lying tongues be rebuked and handled with accordingly, Father God. Because you said in your word that vengeance is mine. Yes, Lord. And if God, if can't nobody do it, let your will be done on this earth, God. We just ask that you have mercy on Jeffrey. Save his soul, God. Loose him and let him go. All this and more, I pray in your son's Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Free one. Isaiah, I really enjoyed this episode of Barbershop Talk. Um, I think this is really what a lot of black men needed to hear. And I want to thank you so much for doing the work, being a servant to your community, as well as indulging in your passion. Of course. Thank, thank you for having me. This is a great opportunity for me. So thank you. Thank this you. was fun. This was dope. Thank you. So do you have anything to say to the black community before I let you go? <clears throat> um... Uh, if you, if like a young guy, I, I'll say this for, for the young black kids. Um, if you kind of like me, I, I got a little bit of a story, but I ain't gonna dive into it. I went to school, got my degree, did my four years, tried to work, it didn't work, right? If you don't know what you want to do when you get out, learn a trade. Don't matter what the trade is, learn a trade. <clears throat> if you got a uncle that cut grass, get out there with your uncle, man. Go cut some grass. Go learn, you know, learn how to make some money, and, and just take advantage of the of the connections that you can make through learning a trade, serving people, talk to people. You know what I mean? You never know who gonna come see you or who you gonna go see. You never know who God gonna place in front of you, what opportunities they might can present. I think the uh, <clears throat> I want to say the guy that invented hot Cheeto, Janitor. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I think I think I heard Ice Cube or somebody talking about that. You know? And whatever you doing, bro, like be the best at it. Like the janitor, like the the, the execs or whatever came for a meeting and saw how clean the shit was, and he was like, "Man, you professional. You really doing your thing. You got some ideas. Let us know." Mm-hmm. And I hear big. So. Yeah, believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Yes, be your yeah. number one supporter. Fuck a bitch. Be your Fuck number man. one fan. Fuck everybody else, man. If somebody tells you you can't. Keep doing it until you show them that you can. So that's real. That's so real. Again, I want to thank you so much for choosing to be Afrocentric today, Isaiah. Thanks for having me. Yes. Yes. Now, for the listeners, I also want to thank you guys for choosing to be Afrocentric today. I want you guys to remember that Black Lives Matter. Make sure that you are listening and protecting Black women. And the only thing that you must do in this lifetime is be Black and die. And here at the Afrocentric <laughs> Podcast. We're just civilized people. And have be great. Yes. Be great for you guys. Don't, yeah. don't, don't be black and, and ain't worth a damn. And then die. Be, be black, be great, then you die. This beautiful. And as you can see, we just civilized people <laughs> having civilized conversations. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. Bye-bye. Now, you told me that the sign outside would always say barbershop. Oh, it will. Oh, well. It's going to be called 
the barber shop. I'm gonna keep that same theme going. You know, the girls dressed up like little barbers, and uh, you can come in and they'll give you a trim, and you can get some trim. <laughs>